You are listening to episode 25, Off to the Races. Hi, I'm Dr. Renee Paro. And I'm Dr. John Paro. And this is the Reconciling Medicine Podcast. We are a dual physician couple in practice, and for over a decade, we have been navigating the ups, downs, and in-betweens of this profession together. We've done a lot of things right, and we've made plenty of mistakes. You know, some say the practice of medicine is dying. It's not. But it is changing, and we must adapt. This podcast is an exploration of our relationship with medicine, how we fit it into our lives, how it affects the people we love, and why we are optimistic about the future. We strongly believe that with the right commitment and mindset, we can all learn how to reconcile medicine. I feel like you should be bopping your head more. Me? Yeah. <laughs> so that sick techno beat. I don't actually know what song that is. Sometimes when we when we well, I when, take when we personal start... offense to that. <laughs> You well, should be fami- like intimately aware of every I, single I, song I, that I've I'm ever. I'm sorry, I offended you. I have no idea what that song <laughs> intro was. Um, it is the Lower Limb Anatomy song. Oh, I mean that's the throwing it way, way, way back. Yeah, but the song's all about like doing races, which involves your lower limbs. So I figured it was perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you good. should know every word of every song and everything that I've ever done ever. So <laughs> that's what marriage that's is all about. Our vows. Yeah. yeah. Don't remember that part. Well, welcome back, guys. We are into episode 25. We took a week off last week because it's been all Dr. Vegetable all the time. And you've known that if you've been following us because the last two podcast episodes were also all Dr. Vegetable. But today we're going to talk about something else. Racing, as in running, as in fitness, as in you know that Renee loves it. So I'm very excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah. John has nothing else to say I have about it. This this <laughs> Actually, what you'll learn about it is that John is very begrudgingly coming into this whole world, and really, he's just doing it because because I'm competitive and you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> so that's literally the only reason. All right, so let's go into our win of the week. I did not say jump into. Did you, did you see that? So you, we're not going to get as drunk if we uh, have a drinking contest to the jump into. If you want to know about more about that, you need to go listen to previous episodes when I talk oh, yeah. about things. That's true. Anyway, uh, we'll go into our win of the week and fail of the week uh, for this past week. And the win was that we had a humongous turnout for our Dr. Vegetable shoot. So we have a, if you haven't aren't familiar, we had a music video we put out at the first Dr. Vegetable uh, fundraiser we did beginning uh, more in the beginning of the year, and we reshot are reshooting another um, we as in I to make it like make like to make it sound like I have any part of this. I'm kind of just in it. John is the one who's really doing all the work. Um, anyway, we had a very large turnout with a bunch of kids to be in this next video over the weekend. Um, we weren't quite sure if we were going to get a large turnout, and we did, and it was awesome. Yeah, we. I was like, there could be four kids that show up, or there could be a hundred, and it was kind of closer to the hundred when you added in parents and stuff. So um, it was awesome. It was great, and I had this. I paid this like college kid uh, like a hundred bucks to come film it with a drone and everything. It was amazing. But it turns out that wrangling a hundred extras of varying ages is really challenging, and we have no idea how to do that. Yeah, we were so, kind of like running around with the like our. Like chickens with their it was heads chaos. cut off. Because we met in this park and I needed to get them all to like a five or six minute walk up this hill for like the shot that we needed and trying to get them to go and do that in a coordinated fashion where they weren't like, where are you taking us? It was very challenging. I think it's really funny because I think that we take on all of these things thinking like, oh, we can do it. And then there are people who actually make like lifelong, like they make their like professional 
careers on these type of things and we just like try to do it. No, we can do a a video shoot with a hundred people just with us and we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) But I guess there's a reason that there's lots and lots of people that work on movie sets. Also, I was in the middle of leading them up this giant hill when my phone went off because I was like on call and I needed to go sew up a face. And I was like, (laughs) I will be there in an hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) Let me quickly recreate this scene from The Lion King. So, so anyway, anyway, that was our win of the week and fail of the week. And so today's episode is called Off to the Races. And uh, it is because this past year we've gotten into a different kind of fitness. We have, you know, we, if you haven't listened to our first episode, um, Fitting and Fitness, and I can't remember what episode number that was, uh, but it was a while back, um, you hear about like our take on fitness. And so we have an ever evolving process of fitness and recently it has turned into more of a sort of like signing up for races and competing in them. Yeah. And I think that we've settled in on enjoying a lot of things that just keep you active. And mm-hmm. so we like weightlifting and we like doing boot camp hit classes and we like doing spin classes and we like doing yoga classes. And this year it's been kind of fun to do some of the more endurance races, um, both small races like uh, and larger. And so that's been kind of fun recently. So I know a lot of people have asked a little bit about this and uh, in particular sort of on my and a lot about my marathon journey. And so I thought that doing an episode sort of encompassing a lot of different parts of getting to the process of doing a marathon um, and then doing the things we're planning on doing in the future would be really good. So we will start with our uh, six points as usual. So the first three are picking the right time is important. The second is make the decision and shell out the cash. The third is train insane or remain the same. Uh, Continuing is the fitness is important, but not everything. Race day is a culmination of the work you put in and cross one finish line and set up another one. So the first point, picking the right time is important. So I've gotten this question a lot from uh, especially women who are interested in like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to run a marathon or not, I guess not just women, some men as well. And so what I would have to say on this end is understanding the time when you have the ability to commit to something like that for training for something Finding out the right moment to do it is really important. So uh, sort of kind of going back into my story, I trained and ran my first marathon in medical school. So I ran that um, in Arizona in 2010. And I I picked it because I decided I wanted to run a marathon because it was something I had thought, okay, you know what, doing this would be like really cool. And I thought the year that I graduate med school, it would also be really cool to say I ran a marathon. And so I did. Um, and that was fourth year of medical school, which meant that there was a lot of time for me to do these long trainings. Because right, if you're training for a marathon, you need to run a lot. And if you're not like the guy who broke the like two hour mark, uh, who ran the marathon recently, like those those runs take a long time, like a 10 mile run at whatever pace you're running can take a long time. So you have to be able to devote the time to it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had a great experience and then I didn't run another marathon for another 10 years and almost 10 years, like kind of like nine years. But that was because 
there was a lot of stuff in between then that made it very challenging to do something like that. Well, yeah, the first couple of years of practice are sometimes challenging. I mean, at the same time of that, you we had a newborn and during training in the middle of you know residency or the first year of fellowship. Like there's certain times where it makes sense to be able to do this and certain times where probably it doesn't, especially for the longer races. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're going to sign up for something like this, it's got to make it's got to be a time where you can commit to the training and do it in a way where it's not going to detract from the other things that you're doing. So I thought fourth year was a great time to do it. I mean, you could probably get away with it in the summer between like first and second year of medical school. Um, But probably smack dab in the middle of third year is maybe not the best time to train for a marathon if you've never done one before. Yeah, exactly. And obviously there are people who do it and that's great um, who can fit it in or uh, are just a different level of athlete. But I think picking the right time is really important. And then, you know, for women coming around the time of like having a baby. And you know what, guys, you know that I'm I'm super hardcore about like wanting to like do all all the fitness all the time. But I had to be really intentional about those first few years after having a baby. And I, you know, specifically, I want, I knew I wanted to do another one. This came around the time of Juliet. And so in my mind, I thought, you know, when she's sleeping through the night, when I've actually recovered from everything, then I would be ready to do it. And so it made sense around this time, you know, a couple years into practice where things were flowing a little bit more easily having a stable situation in our house, having a stable situation with John, it made sense. So finding the time to train for something like that, a marathon, a big race, even a half marathon for some people or a triathlon or a Spartan race, any of those things, the time that you need to actually put in to train for them, it's really important to find the right time. I agree with that. Um, And the next point is that, you know, if you make the decision, then just shell out the cash because, some of these longer races are kind of expensive, and as silly as it sounds, once you plunk down the money, you're going to start training for it. Yep. Uh, and so if you're all kind of on the fence, then but you know you secretly want to do it, but you don't want to convince yourself out of it, just you know either find a buddy or just do it. Just sign up. And then once you're signed up, it's really pretty challenging, at least in our experience, to then not go forward and actually do it. Yeah. Um, I've got some people who've asked like, oh my gosh, why is it so expensive? And in a way, once you've actually done a race like that, you understand what it takes to put together the volunteers, you know, for these big city marathons to like actually close down the roads and get the, you know, police force and like all the things it takes to do a marathon and then what you get before and afterwards. Um, But it also, I think in a way, like sometimes when you have to pay, when you have to like you just you take it more seriously when you yeah, actually have to put so. money in well, money and, where your mouth is. And so, you know, a, a big lengthy endurance race is normally like 200 something bucks, which seems like a lot. But so is like a flight to visit someone that you don't even like that much. So <laughs> I mean, you're, you're really paying for an experience. And it's not just the day experience. It's the whole process. And it can be a transformative experience. So yeah. the, the money is you're, you're paying for more than just those hours on the course. You're paying for everything that comes with it and the memories of it afterwards and kind of the the changes that it brings to you. Um, so I don't know. I think that if you're leaning towards it and you just want that motivation, shelling out the cash is a great just way to do it. Just buy it. Just do it. Book the ticket. All right. So the next uh, point is train insane or remain the same. So a question I have gotten a lot about this for people who've followed my uh, marathon journey is how were you able to improve your pace so much? Um, and John's going to go a little bit more into this in the next point, but 
One of the things that when I really look back on it, so just to give some context, when I started running, um, I, ran, I ran the Chicago Marathon probably about, I think it's like a month ago now, um, and I started training in May of this year and ran the race in October. And when I first started training, I was running at probably around like an eight-minute 30 second pace, um, which is pretty good. It's pretty fast. And then I was really able to increase the pace over my several months um, and was getting down into the low sevens um, for my pace. Sometimes I would hit some like high six minute mile. So how I got there were several things, but one of them specifically when it came to training was continuing to push harder every time. So what does that mean? It means that I didn't just run the miles that were allotted to me on my training schedule. So, you know, when you um, when you are going to do a race, uh, an endurance race, you there are tons of different programs out there that you can follow. And typically you pick the amount of days you're going to run. You have a long run day and shorter runs throughout the week. And so you could just follow those, you know, and not push yourself to a hard pace. You can complete those miles in whatever time it takes. But just like John mentioned, so much of the things you pay for come through the transformative journey to actually get there. So what I found is I just didn't let up on any of my runs. I mean, I try to do some recovery runs, but for the most part, I tried to make myself uncomfortable during every run. Um, I've gotten super interested in sort of the athletic mindset for like competitive athletes. And one of the biggest things is just that like your training and how you approach your training every single day is going to result in the outcome. So, so I really think when you are doing these runs or you're doing your strength training or you're doing any sort of fitness, if you want to get better, if you want to break through plateaus, if you want to be stronger, you have to push yourself into the uncomfortable and keep going. There's this line that I like. There's, you know, I used to do a lot of Sean T workouts and um, in one of his like insanity programs, uh, he went up to somebody and it was like, how are you feeling? And she's like, if I can't do, um, what, what was it? If I feel like I can't do one more, I'll do three or something like that. And so I think like it's that kind of mindset. Like you want to give up and we all get there. But it's the 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 barriers you break are in those moments when you go like five seconds longer or like in my runs when I wanted to slow down, but then I ran faster instead. And so that those keys in training really are what result in the improvements that you see on the other side. Yeah, that that is for sure. I mean, when I, so for, I guess for context, I had never run more than about three or four miles at a time until this get around, but I decided to sign up for one of those Tough Mudders and I did like a half marathon training program just to get my running up because I didn't do it. And in those early runs, it was painful. Even like five, six miles was a lot. And I would, I would tell myself things like, you know, each mile is a year of residency. And so each year I was like, okay, you got through fourth year. You got through fifth year. And I was like, if you can get through fifth year, you know, you can get through the burn unit, you can get through this mile. And it really is a mental thing. By the time that you, your body's like, eh, I want to give up, you're not even close to actually being like physically done. Yeah. Um, your brain gives up way before your body does. So I totally agree with, with Renee that you're not going to kind of make progress unless you overcome that. Um, with the caveat that it has to be while following a training program that makes sense. You're supposed yes. to train insane on the days that you're supposed to train insane, but you need to do all the other things like not 
hurt yourself uh, yeah. and and overdo it on the training. So, and I've gotten that question before, and I'm not saying that like all of us like you clearly have like torn a ligament and you should run through that. I'm talking about like you know you could do more in your mind, but you're just letting up and right. lightening up. There's a difference between like injuring yourself and pushing yourself a little harder. Yeah. Oh, and, and also I'm referring to you had a very prescribed training program. I've run this many miles on this many days and don't run on these days. Mm-hmm. And you follow that. Um, whereas if you were like, I'm going to run 20 miles every day for two months, yeah, like no, you're going to fall dumb. apart. And so, um, and that kind of leads into the next point, which is that the fitness is important, but it's not everything. And so you will make progress on these endurance races or whatever it is that you're signing up for really anything in fitness with the right kind of combination of attitude and approach and not giving up and pushing yourself. Um, but there's so many other things that will lead to that being a successful experience. And it's not just like your cardiovascular, uh, like fitness level. Um, it's how you take care of your body in the rest of the ways. And these are fodder for all sorts of other episodes, but I mean, that includes things like nutrition, adequate sleep, rest days, like appropriate recovery, all of those things will, will lead to a much better performance and you enjoying this process a lot more than if you are ignoring those. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences. I mean, granted you're in better shape, no question now than when you were in medical school, but I mean, you successfully trained for a marathon and you ran about four hours, which for a first timer is really good. Um, but I mean, we also used to drink so much beer all the time and <laughs> yeah. eat euros on the sidewalks at three in the morning. Yeah. And we don't really do that as much anymore. Um, and I think that there's something to that. I think there's something to the fuel that you put in and how efficiently you're able to convert that into energy. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I um, get this. I've gotten this question a lot um, with me sharing on social media. Uh, and I do think it's the training like I just mentioned. But you're totally right. It is, it's everything. It's all together. Like if you're not sleeping appropriately, then it's not going to be as good. If you're eating like crap, then you're not going to do as well. And if you're not, and, and honestly, guys, the hardest one for me was holding back and actually having true rest days. And John can like really attest to this. Like it's really hard for me to not work out seven days a week, but with his urging and with seeing that I actually made improvements when I really did include rest days and, you know, and that kind of, you know, self-care, then I, I actually did better. And I yes. really think that that's a reason why I didn't injure myself before the race too. Well, and even in weightlifting, you've started, I think you've gotten stronger as you started to incorporate like weeks where you don't lift. A deload weeks. Um, Cause yeah. that's important. Like your body needs that recovery. Otherwise, yeah. uh, It's not going to be able to keep getting better. And I mean, I would see this in real time. And I actually uh, encourage you to pay attention. This is something I talk about in clinic all the time. I want, like, if you are somebody who is uh, into fitness or is, you know, doing something, I want you to experiment where you do a week where you eat whatever, just eat out, do not pay attention to what you're consuming and watch your performance with the same amount of effort, you know, try to keep sleep same, but really just trying to focus like food. And then the next week, be meticulous, you know, eat really clean, lots of fruits and vegetables, try not to eat out, not a whole lot of salt, no drinking, all that kind of stuff. And just watch the difference in what you can do. I bet you any money you'd be able to see the difference. And I had this firsthand, you know, I did a week of training when we went on vacation and, um, and that my runs were just crap. Like I just didn't have at all the stamina that I had before. And then literally like two days after like just kind of 
quote, I'm using air quotes detoxing because I kind of hate that word. <laughs> um, but just going back to my regular sort of, you know, good nutrition routine and my runs were like right back to normal again. They were like, you know, good or even faster. So, so it's really, the other stuff is super important. You cannot neglect that and expect to be, you know, improving, making vast improvements yeah. in your And I, I think we thing. see it even in Micah, to be honest, our son, who's almost seven. And he is not like a gifted natural athlete. He's not the kid who's on the soccer field that you're like, that kid's going to be a soccer superstar just naturally like yeah. some of the kids are. Um, I mean, he, he could barely like walk. He looks he's like a so baby giraffe. But <laughs> he's like a... He's like, what is, it's just like all bones and like tendons. But the, we've noticed that when he, they do these fun runs at school where you just run laps for like how, however far you can. And like last year in kindergarten, which he had never run for no. distance ever. He just ran the most laps in all of kindergarten. And this year he basically tied for like the most amount of laps. Yeah. And it's not like he practices running no. and he just, just goes, goes, goes like a little energizer bunny. And he can run a 5k with us now without stopping. And I'm convinced it's just because he eats well. Uh, it's not because he's been practicing running. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. That makes it makes a big difference, and we see it with him. When I was when I was like a pudgy little seven year old, I would run like four blocks, and I'd be like, "Let's play Nintendo." <laughs> so no, I I think there's really something to all of that. Um, all right. So the next point is race day is a culmination of the work you put in. So I got this a lot from um, people as I was, you know, finishing the marathon and I was getting really nervous for the marathon and, and, you know, what everyone kept saying is like, you did the work, like you did the work, like the 20 weeks, I think I did a training program, 20 weeks, 20 weeks was the hard work, like getting up in the morning, in the dark, in the cold, running 16 miles when you didn't want to, like getting through those slogging, like that is the true work. And so this sort of goes back to my point about the trained insane thing. Like if you are pushing your barriers, if you're pushing into the uncomfortable during the entire process, the day of the race, you can just tap back into all of that energy. So I ran the Chicago marathon this year and, um, and it was incredible, but it was also really freaking hard and shitty at some moments. And look at me using curse words here, but it was, you know, the first, everybody says it's like running. There's like three phases of a marathon. The first 10, the second 10, the last 6.2. The first time I ran a marathon at mile 18, I essentially crumbled. Like I was like done and I didn't want to do anymore. The thought that I still had like eight miles to go was just way too much. Um, but then I made it through it. Crossing the finish line is amazing. This time I hit mile 18 and I was like, good. I was really good. And then I got to mile 20 and totally hit my wall. And, and I kept telling myself, go slow, but don't stop. And so I slowed my pace down and, but I didn't stop because I knew if I stopped, I was never going to start back up again, or it'd be start, stop the whole entire way. So the reason why I was able to do that and have that mental toughness, because honestly, that's what this is. This is about having mental toughness that doesn't just translate to fitness, guys. This translates to all of life, which is why I really just love it because I feel like the more I do it in fitness, the more it does applies to whole the whole life. But the training, those hours slogged and proving it over and over and over to yourself along that period of time made the race day what it was. It wasn't like I coasted during the training because then if you haven't re- if you haven't hit those plateaus and then pushed past them, then the day then you're not going to do it on the day of the race. So you need to, your training 
means everything. And I really do think that this is applicable to all of life. Like really, I really do. I think you stumble, you get back up and you keep going and nothing shows you that more than trying to push through in a fitness realm. At least it has for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't run a full marathon, so I think it's not really comparable. I mean, the, the Tough Mudder was, I mean, I, I kind of overtrained for it, right? Like I, I trained for a half marathon, even though it was like nine miles and yeah. did some strength training. So there was no like kind of wall. And if anything, I think because I trained hard for it, it was like super fun and not. Well, that's a good way to talk about it. You haven't, you, I mean, the marathon is a different story, but your training, you, you did like a ton of training and then your race day was like yeah, awesome. We, yeah, it was super fun. I mean, we, I, I highly encourage, this is like a, uh, you know, the, those mud races and stuff and obstacle course races, at least the ones that the one I did was kind of very fun. We did it with some friends and a lot of the obstacles require teamwork and, um, and it was it was super fun. It wasn't particularly like crazy challenging, um, yeah. but I think because I had prepared for it and um, certainly made me want to do more of them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. No, I think that it's I, I just I as is in so many things in life, it's like about the journey, not the end. Uh, you know, I mean, it, the journey is really what is is the important part of it. And the more you can make the most of the journey, the better the end outcome is going to be. And then that last point is that, you know, if this is something that's fun for you, cross one finish line and set up another one. So, um, uh, and Renee is, (laughs) I now all all of a sudden a guy who was like, marathons are dumb, which for the record, I still totally agree with, I mean, it it is, it's an objectively stupid thing to do. Um, uh, but now I signed up for one because I, I can't be, I can't let Renee run like marathons all over the world. And then I never do one. So here I am, I'm signed up for Chicago or at least into the lottery. We'll see if it happens. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we are, we are diving into a different world, uh, coming up this year and actually going to do a triathlon together. So that's going to be fun. And that is, uh, all on the road to our, uh, future goal of doing a, uh, Iron Man at 40. Yeah. I was laughing about this the other day. So we did, we came up with this crazy plan that if we do like a sprint triathlon next year and maybe like a full triathlon at the end of the, that year, and then in 2021, we do like a, a half Ironman that in, 20, in the next year, when we both turn 40, we could do a full Ironman and that would be like a slow enough training. And we, I laughed at it for a couple of reasons. One is that we're talking about doing an Ironman and we don't own bikes <laughs> <laughs> and I can barely swim. So it's a slightly <laughs> ambitious goal. But our thought was like treating it like this whole road to medicine anyway. It was like you have to set like, you don't just say like, I'm going to be a doctor now. You're like, I got to take this test and then I got to take this test and I got to do this and I got to do that. So we kind of laid out that framework. But it was making me laugh because we're like, I ran one race. Let's do an Ironman. And it was kind of like how, remember when we first had our place uh, in residency, we were interns and we were like, the house is, we need something like that keep us happy. So we bought a plant and then we killed killed that plant so fast. We're like, we should get a fish. And we got a fish. A beta fish that shouldn't die. And we got a beta fish and it died it so died. fast. It died like, so fast. We should get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept the dog alive for like a week and we're like, let's have a baby. <laughs> so we, we literally had a dog. We escalate we things quickly. We do. They go very quickly. But I would say this. I think that I am getting very excited about jumping into things that I am just not prepared for. Yeah. It's because fun. the the journey from being a complete novice, don't know what you're doing, to actually getting pretty good at it is 
really empowering and really fun. Yeah, it's a fun challenge. So, yeah. So we're going to be jumping in the pool uh, starting in January, maybe next month. I don't know. We're going to start We're gonna start getting in the pool swimming. We're going to get some bikes. Yeah. We're going to try not to be those jerk bikers that you see out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try not to. I'm not sure how, that's gonna, how yeah. this is going to work. I think we're going to get so much hate from all the people who bike and be like, we're not jerks. But yeah, you probably some of are, you are right? jerks. <laughs> some of you are jerks. Um so well, anyway, in, in every, in every, yeah, every, there are jerks in, in every like fitness realm yeah. that the people that are really into one thing, there's a handful of people that are pretty shitty in that specific thing. Shitty as in like shitty individuals. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And I mean, they and may be excellent at their, at their thing, <laughs> but I'm just talking sucking as humans. Yeah. So yeah. So in the last little plug, it's not a point, but, um, getting your partner in on these kind of things is really fun. And you know what? The thing is like John and my are like kind of like fitness, like convergence and divergence over time. It's we haven't always been like, we're going to do the same things and we still don't do the same things somewhat. But now like I've started doing the lifting plan that John has used and sort of, and then, and like we talk about endurance, but by the way, guys, our endurance is only like half the week. We still, no matter what, are always going to stick to strength training because we really are huge proponents of strength training. So even in my marathon, I ran three days a week and I lifted three days a week and that will never go away because strength training yeah. is where lots of gains are well, made. Well, I also think that's why you're so fast, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's fun to have a partner in all of this. And, and so just, you know... If you can, try to do things that are fun together. You know, John really does not want to do marathons, but he really liked Tough Mudders. I don't like to get muddy, but you know what? We're going to sign up for, like, Spartan Race coming up soon. I don't think you get muddy in Spartan Races. But I know he likes to do that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, you know what? He's going to start doing things I like to do. I'm going to start doing things. Compromise, because it's really fun doing things together. Yeah. I agree with those things. So that's our episode. Pretty short and sweet. Um... I think adding in some intermittent fitness stuff is a great thing because it is such a big part of our life. Um, and I know a lot of people are, have a lot of questions about it. So that's, uh, that's our race episode. Mm-hmm. So wrapping up the points, it's picking the right time is important. Make the decision and shell out the cash and train insane or remain the same. And the last three are the fitness is important, but not everything. Race day is a culmination of the work you put in and cross one finish line and set up another one. So I guess you kind of described a little bit about the song, but yeah, uh, a little more detail. I was trying to think of like what song is appropriate. And there, one of the, uh, we wrote the, all of these anatomy songs first year of med school, like during whatever anatomy block it was. And this was the lower limb anatomy one. Um, and it was like a techno song about dancing in the club um, with like a bunch of references to extremity muscles and stuff. So yeah, this one is good for you med students. Anybody's taking the lower limb tests, you might go. And any med students in general, you should go check out Med School Rock on all of the uh, music streaming if, path learns because they're search, really helpful. If you search for my name on Spotify, then a bunch of albums will pop up. And there's one that's all about med school. And so there's a ton of like, there's a cranial nerves one. And there's ones that like were anatomy and mnemonics that... I think I've said this on previous episodes, but like John's pharmacology song, there's a pharmacology song. And I don't even know if those drugs are still like drugs that are important anymore because I don't prescribe drugs in the pediatrics world anymore my pediatric cardiology world much um but like that one got me like several questions right on our uh, pharmacology test nice. so I highly recommend them med school rock John Paro podcasts or sorry not podcasts Spotify uh Apple to iTunes or what right. is it called? You, Apple you redeemed, Music. You've redeemed yourself for totally not even knowing what the first song was when we when it played. See, 
I'm good. Got to promote. And so then, again, also rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate all of those things. Also, check out our Dr. Vegetable website, www.drvegetable.org. There you can hear all about our nonprofit if you want to contribute with um, subscribing to it or making a donation heavily, uh, heavily grateful for that. And follow us on uh, Instagram uh, at Dr. John Paro and Dr. Dr. Renee Parle and, and. Jeez. Because I got really excited to say you can now follow us on TikTok. Oh, yeah. You are excited about at that. At Dr. Vegetable. I promise you, you will not be disappointed following us on TikTok. We'll see you next week. Shows off his cash right me his implants and his $300 pants for the circumduction of his hips you don't deserve.